It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Washington football team, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked on Washington football with your host of the Locked on Washington football team podcast, David Harrison and Chris Russell. Today brought to you by Bill Bar. Go to BillBar.com, use a promo code LOCK15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. Welcome to the new week. We're one more week closer to NFL action actually happening. But in the meantime, we've got a whole lot of stuff going on, including OTAs that are going to be kicking off this week. We're going to get to that and some other stories as well. When Chris and I are not here, you can find Chris over at the Team 983, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday with Pete Medhurst on the and on the Odyssey app. Also find Chris covering your Washington football team and writing for SI.com on Twitter at WrestleMania621. Find me at DHarrison82 on Twitter. Find the show at LockedWFTPod. New listeners, returning listeners, if you haven't already, please click subscribe or follow. Uh, Depending on the platform you're using, rate and review the show. It'll help other fans of the team find you. And Chris, we mentioned the OTAs. That's kicking off this week, and there are some position battles going on that we need to discuss because they are definitely going to be interesting to see how the 2021 roster shapes out. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, we'll 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 do the offense here first, and then we'll do the defense. But you know, I guess when we start on the offense, David, to me, the position battle that jumps out and that's going to be perhaps the most intriguing, and obviously nothing will be settled this week, but it starts this week for sure. Is at wide receiver. Um, you know, the way I look at it, and, and I'm not sure how you kind of like count uh, absolutes or uh, you know uh, guaranteed locks, you know, for a roster, but. I mean, the way I look at it is Terry McLaurin, Curtis Samuel. I count Adam Humphreys as a lock now. I probably shouldn't because he's got an injury history. So something could change there. But as far as like talent and role, I count him as a lock. And Deami Brown, the third round pick out of North Carolina, everyone else kind of goes into a big jambalaya, you know, a big pile of, okay, wait a second, we're battling for if Humphreys and Deami Brown and McLaurin and Samuel are essential locks, that's four. We're, we've got a big group battling for one, maybe two spots, depending on how many receivers they take. And they're not going to take more than six, and they might only take five. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I agree with your locks of the position, Terry McLaurin, Curtis Samuel, Adam Humphreys, Deami Brown. I mean, outside of injury, you know what I mean? I think Adam Humphreys would, is a lock. Like, from a talent standpoint – uh, I don't see anybody behind him, you know, catching up to him. I mean, you know, Ron is gonna is gonna keep it open, keep it fair. You know, everybody's out an opportunity, and and all the coach speaking that goes into that and everything. But uh, you know, I know Adam Humphreys, and you know, even through his time in Tennessee, again, the only thing that's gonna keep Adam Humphreys from being a productive part of your offense is injury. So unless that happens, he's he's a lock as far as I'm concerned. Um, I'm excited to see Calvin Harmon get back on the field. I want to see what he can put together and hopefully he stays healthy as well. Out, outside of that, I mean, yeah, it's it's a whole lot of guys playing for playing for fifth. 
Yeah. So, you know, and, and again, the key thing here will be, is it one or two spots? And we won't know that until we get to the end of the preseason, quite honestly. But, you know, if we're if we're taking those guys as, again, essential locks, it's not more than two spots. That's what I would say. And it could be one. And that's a lot of names. Steven Sims Jr. You mentioned Kelvin Harmon coming back from the ACL, Antonio Gandy-Golden, Dax Milne. Um, and, and so, like, I, I did this thing. Thing for SI and you know like I took Cam Sims as my fifth receiver again assuming that those four guys are locked now there's been some speculation over the offseason that maybe Washington might try and spin Cam Sims I, that that possibly could still happen um, but the reason why I took Cam Sims as my fifth guy um, meaning not an, again, an essential lock, but I mean, as my fifth group out of that group is because he can, he's really good on special teams and, and, and people are going to have to play special teams and contribute more ways than one, because they're not going to get a lot of reps at receiver, quite honestly, if again, those guys are locks that we talked about. And I went with a sixth guy just as a projection. And I know this is not a name that people are going to pick a lot of, but I went with Dax Milne. Um, the, the seventh round pick out of BYU. I, I mean, I've told you that this team has a history, David, of uh, at least recently, seven out of the last eight seventh round picks have made the roster. Now, eventually that's going to dry up, right? Because as you're a better roster, seventh round picks aren't going to make it. But I think he's got a chance. Why? Because he can return punts. And none of those guys... Isaiah Wright can, but none of those guys are special returning punts. Steven Sims can't be trusted. And Antonio Gandy-Golden, eh. So to me, I think that sixth guy, if there is a sixth guy, is going to have to be a returner. So that's where I went there. Yeah, and that all makes sense. I mean, that special team's contribution is huge, especially for those rookies. I mean, and and if he comes out there and shows that he's the best of, of the group as far as punt return ability – I was concerned. I mean, Adam Humphreys yep. has some experience there, but he hasn't done it in a, in a while. And again, coming off that injury, you don't want to probably throw too much at him. So if you can have a rookie yeah. doing that and let Adam just kind of focus on being part of that wide receiver group, yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. Absolutely. All right, let's quickly go to right tackle and offensive line. Uh, we know what happened with Morgan Moses. We know what happened to Jaron Christian Jr. Uh, so the right tackle battle right now looks like Cornelius Lucas versus rookie Sam Cosme. I, I know it's impossible to guess, but if you were just to have to look into your crystal ball, who do you think out of those two starts week one? Sam Cosme. That's that's who I would give the early edge to if I had to pick. Any any particular reason other than, well, he's the second-round pick? Not really. I mean, it's just kind of a gut feeling, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I just – I like the raw ability up front. And, again, Ron's kind of bringing in his guys, doing – you know, putting in his people. Uh, and so it just kind of feels like, you know, if you're spending a second-round pick on a guy, you obviously have a lot of confidence mm-hmm. in their potential. And, and listen, you you know, there's the old adage, you don't get you don't get better, you know, standing on the sidelines. I mean, you, you do, though. But from a physical aspect, like you're not going to become a better right tackle uh, to a certain extent by staying on the sidelines watching. So get him in there, get him, get him against that elite pass rush. See how, see how he can hold his own. And I think that I have confidence that he can hold his own to a certain extent. So that's going to give the team confidence in rolling him out there. Makes sense to me. I'm going to go with Cornelius Lucas just because he's the veteran because he was here because they know a little bit more about him, you know, maybe not needing as much of a curve to deliver uh, and develop here real quickly. Um, you know, there's a battle at left guard. Maybe we'll talk about that uh, as we go along here. At tight end, 
the way I look at it is Logan Thomas is number one, clearly. Uh, the rookie, I think John Bates, the fourth-round pick, I think he inserts in as the number two guy because he's the best all-around guy. If I gave you a battle between Samus Reyes, Dion Yelder, who they just signed from Kansas City, Tyrone Swoops, uh, and, uh, and Tamara Hemingway, four guys for the third spot, are you going with Reyes? Uh, probably not right now. You know, he's he's just so incredibly raw, and it's it's not outside the realm of possibility, but usually these guys are two- or three-year projects, you know what I mean? So uh, I, I like Samus. You know, I, I like his personality as a human being. I, I like, you know, just the limited athleticism that you've seen. Obviously, his test scores are through the roof, but I think it's going to take a little bit more time to learn kind of the nuances of how to play in the National Football League and the tight end position. Um, don't count him out, but I wouldn't go as far as predict, you know, right now that he's going to be that third guy. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think uh, I, I projected him to be on the practice squad now. Whether he'll make it to that point, who knows? Uh, but Washington, I think, is going to need a lot more help in terms of their blocking. So I, I think I'm going with Yelder uh, and John Bates. All right, so coming up next, we will take a look at the defense, including the log jam at safety and how that will sort out along with where does Jamin Davis fit in as OTAs? The final phase on field activities, 11 on 11, seven on sevens officially begin along with David Harrison. I'm Chris Russell. This is the Locked On Washington football team podcast. Yeah, of course, we've got some new names to look at, some new faces to look at, and some new players and some new positions to watch as Washington heads into this phase of the offseason program. And we've got a new sponsor here to help us get that message out to all of you guys, and that is Credit Karma, who has always been there to help you make better financial decisions, and now they want to help even more with a Credit Karma money spend account, you can be rewarded for good money habits. Chris, my co-host over the Lots on Bucks podcast, James Jarko, actually has a Credit Karma money account, and I have been pressuring him for quite some time now to buy a professional quality soundboard and microphone mm. setup. He finally did it using his Credit Karma money account, nice. and he got his instant karma, got all that money back. He got almost $500 worth of recording equipment for free. Wow, so, how about that? There is a testament to what credit card money can actually do before they were ever, ever ad sponsors. This happened about a month and a half ago. Right now, our listeners go to visit or visit creditkarma.com slash win money to open your free account and start winning instant karma. Again, go to creditkarma.com slash win money to sign up for free and start winning instant karma. That's creditkarma.com slash win money, all one word. Instant karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. See rules. Banking services provided by MVB Bank Incorporated member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. 
right, that's a mouthful. David with us, uh, doing a good job there. We welcome Credit Karma and Instant Karma aboard uh, right here on the Locked on Washington football team podcast. I'm Chris Russell, again, along with David Harrison. You can follow David at dharrison82 uh, on Twitter, BucksNation.com, and as well, the Locked on Bucks podcast, uh, and uh, me uh, in all the uh, usual spots at Russellmania621. Don't forget to check out at LockedWFTPod as well, and we'll give you details on our voicemail line uh, coming up. David, as we begin the defense uh, on field in terms of the competition battles, uh, to me, the most interesting one will be safety. Um, and, and everybody's going to kind of view this differently. I mean, I think we know who the starters are in the defensive line. Uh, the question is, is what kind of depth pieces and what roles they take on? We can get to that uh, at another point. But to me, the more intriguing battle is at safety because we don't know where Landon Collins is going to be. I know this. Landon Collins is not going to be on the field this week. Uh, I know that. Um, he'll be hopefully ready to go for training camp. But a lot of people seem to think that Landon Collins is going to have this huge role here. And, and again, as we've discussed, I don't see that and I could be wrong. And if I'm wrong, I'll admit it and eat my shoe. Okay. I, I don't see a massive role for Landon Collins. I see Cameron Curl. I see Jeremy Reeves. I see, um, you know, Troy Apke's going to be in a roster battle for his life. If DeShazer Everett's healthy, he's going to mix right in playing uh, with the ability to play strong uh, and free. Remember, they drafted Derek Forrest out of Cincinnati, the fifth round pick, uh, who is a special teams demon. They've got some guys. Oh, and they they obviously signed Bobby McCain. So, I, I mean, right now on the surface, you have, you know, six or seven guys, depending on how you kind of view Landon Collins, who again, won't be on the field this week, but as you see it, like, I, I mean, I guess did Cameron Curl show you enough last year to make you think he's the definite starter or does he not fit in as a definite starter in your eyes? Uh, to me, he should be. Like, he should at least be the definite starter coming into this whole process. Mm -hmm. Now, if something happens during camp, you know, I don't know, maybe comes in a little bit less, you know, in shape than you wanted or his study habits are dipping or, you know, whatever, then okay, maybe. But for me... That, yes, absolutely. And I'll tell you why, because Chris, you know, this covering sports, like you, you pay attention to the periphery, right? But for the most part, you're kind of paying attention to what is happening with other teams, uh, especially outside your division, just kind of on a cursory, like, you, you know, you see a tweet here and there, you watch a highlight show here and there, you see NFL network or something. You're not focused in on those teams the way that you are other teams. And for me last year, that was a Washington football team, right? I'm covering the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So the mm -hmm. NFC South, I'm paying attention to. I'm paying attention to a lot of other competitive teams, and you know, and the NFC East for me, by and large, was kind of in the periphery. There, Cam Curl is someone who made me stand up and pay attention and and really watch what the Washington Football Team was doing. Also, Chase Young, because I am an Ohio State Buckeye fan, so you know, guilty as charged. <laughs> but Cam Curl stood out, and that's something that you know I learned from from Dan Hatman, who's a professional scout and and the I want to say the founder. He's at least uh, you know kind of yeah. runs the scouting academy. Yeah. Um, that he's kind of talked about is when you're scouting and you know, so you, so say you turn on the Ohio state tape to watch chase young and cam curl pops out. I said, mm -hmm. Ohio state tape, we were watching a Washington football team to watch chase young and cam curl pops off, off the off the tape. There's a reason for it. And that's as a scout and I'm not a scout, but as a scout, you pay attention to that guy. You know what I mean? So that's where kind of the Jarrett Patterson's of the world can come out and, and all that stuff. When I watched Washington football during the season, it was as a football fan and mostly because of Chase Young. 
Cam Curl stood out on the field and stood out in the game broadcast. And, and I'll admit, I never went back until I got this gig and watched all 22 of Washington football. But during game broadcast, when I watched him, Cam Curl stood out for a reason. And then other people also were praising him. I feel like he's earned the right to come into this season as the number one guy there as a strong safety. So hopefully that's what happens. My favorite, honestly, right now, Chris, is to start the season as safeties there for your starting tandem are Cam Curl and Bobby McCain. Yeah, and that's the way I see it. Uh, and, and and I don't, you know, like the, the, the real interesting thing is going to be, and I know this may not be sexy for fans, is a guy like Derek Forrest, the rookie out of Cincinnati, against a guy like Troy Apke. Now, can you take five safeties? Sure you can. I, you can't take six. So, I mean, somebody, you know, like Landon Collins is going to have to fit in here somehow when he gets activated. Um, you know, and, and those two guys are primarily special teams guys, and I, I think they really like – uh, Derek Forrest and and they inherited Troy Apke uh, and even though he plays a key role in terms of speed and coverage on special teams that's part of the reason why they went out and got uh, Derek Forrest so that's going to be interesting all right real quickly at linebacker uh, Jamin Davis is a guy who as we've talked about can play all three positions um, you know we talked to coach Stoops out of Kentucky and he told us he eventually sees him as a starting Mike linebacker I don't see him as a starting Mike linebacker this year unless we're talking about about later on in the year, i.e. mid-November, December, somewhere in that range. I see Bostic there first. So uh, I, I guess I'm starting him at weak side linebacker, maybe in a position battle with Kalik Hudson, last year's fifth-round pick, uh, at the weak side linebacker spot. It, I mean, that's not that, – that, that that's what – that's not controversial, I don't think, or that's not – like, um, I, I don't think that's um, – I don't think that's reducing his value. Do you? No, not at all. I think it's, and I think it's fair, especially when you look at what's the best three man set we can put on the field as terms of mm-hmm. linebackers. Right. And if you put Jamin Davis uh, in that Mike position, then you're talking about Hudson playing that weak side position. But if you put Davis in that weak side position, then you're talking about Bostic and Holcomb, you know, that I assume that's your favorite three right there. And then, you know, you never know who's going to you know rise up and, and all that stuff potentially. But I think, that that trio of Holcomb, Bostic, and Davis is better than the trio of Holcomb, Davis, and Hudson. So to me, that makes most sense. So you're putting your 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 group in position to to win or and to, to play as well as you can now in 2021. Mm-hmm. Let Davis grow into his role. Let him learn from the veteran there. See the leadership style. Get into the study habits that the NFL has. Grow into his NFL body a little bit more because he's going to hit a rookie wall. They all do. It's going to happen. So you'd rather have him hit that rookie wall as a weak side linebacker instead of the guy who's literally quarterbacking your defense. And then perhaps two or three years later, if he really turns out to be that guy, then you have you have your, your Mike linebacker. If not, you have a really good weak side linebacker, which I can tell you a lot of people will say, well, for a first-round draft pick, listen, Levante David worth every cent of a first-round draft pick that he could have possibly been uh, like a guy like Jamin Davis is. So trust me, if you have a Levante David type who we talked about possibly joining this franchise mm-hmm. during the offseason, you're going to be happy with that go get yourself a Mike linebacker like a Devin Bush or a Devin White somewhere down the road in the future. Right, exactly. And and again, for right now, you have Bostic under contract for one more year, and he's certainly capable of doing that. And just real quickly wrapping this up, uh, as far as cornerback depth, I, look, there's no there's no battle in terms of who is the starter. It's Kendall Fuller and William Jackson the third. My only question is, is do they move Fuller back inside in the nickel and in the slot last year, which they did not do, or this year, which they did not do uh, last year, which is the role he more play he mostly played first time here in Washington. 
and played a lot of in Kansas City. Now that they have Benjamin St. Juice on the outside, like does he advance so much that they can use that as their primary, you know, kind of nickel defense? That I don't know. I would love to see it. You know, I love St. Juice. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think the answer right now for me would be. Fuller and Jackson, when there are two receivers on the field, which we know a lot of teams don't even run two two receiver sets a lot mm-hmm. anymore. But when that happens, Fuller and Jackson are your guys. When there's three or more, Fuller moves inside. St. Juice goes to the outside. So Fuller is still your starter. You know what I mean? Quote unquote, your number one guy. It's just where he is on on the field when the packages call for it. All right, along with David Harrison, I'm Chris Russell. Thanks for being with us right here on the Locked On Washington Football Team podcast. We'll come on back and wrap up the show with a listener voicemail. And also, Moses released. Could there have been another reason at play? Hmm. We'll talk about that next right here on LOWFT. But first, First we ask you, hey, what's your favorite Bill Bar flavor? Everyone's got a a different one. Someone Uh, who really talks about mint chocolate chip. And then create his favorite original flavor. I love the peanut butter brownie. What do you love? There's nine standard Built Bar flavors that uh, Built Bar wants you to know about in case you don't, and that's coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry. We mentioned mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, our favorites, double chocolate, salted caramel. So there's something for everyone. and not only are Built Bar fans passionate about their favorite flavors, they want you to know that their favorite flavors, like all Built Bars, are great for you. They're high in protein, they're low in calories. All bars under, say, like 175, 180 calories. Again, it varies just a little bit depending on brand or depending on flavor, I should say. Low in sugar, low in net carbs, great for a meal replacement, dessert, post-workout, breakfast, whatever you want. Built Bars are amazing. If you order today and you go to BuiltBar.com and you use the promo code LOCKED15, you'll get 15% off your first order. That's the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right. uh, We welcome you back to the Locked On Washington football team podcast. Along with David Harrison, I'm Chris Russell. Uh, And David, before we get to a listener voicemail, I wanted to bring this up. Um, I'm not sure how aware you are of this, but I took a lot of uh, a lot of heat, a lot of ribbing uh, a couple of years ago. I think it was in 2016 for criticizing Jay Gruden, then the Washington head coach, for having the ping pong table be a staple in the players' locker room. And a lot of people thought I was just 
criticizing just to criticize. And a lot of people thought I was just incredibly ridiculous. And uh, ultimately, I thought it was a distraction. I, I, I thought it was, you know, kind of restrictive in terms of guys actually spending time with each other, even though they were playing um, and, and also getting work done and preparing mentally and physically and doing uh, more stuff like that. So anyway, long in the story, uh, long in the short of it is one of the first things Ron Rivera did when he took over last January he immediately got rid of the ping pong table, which upset a lot of players, Nick Sundberg specifically, uh, and there were others. And J.P. Finley of NBC Sports Washington wrote a column, and I'll just sum it up shortly. He said, basically blame the ping pong table because that corner of the locker room, which now, in, well, used to include Ryan Kerrigan, Morgan Moses, Nick Sunberg and a couple of others are now gone. And it all basically ties back into the ping pong table. I mean, clearly there's some symbolism here, but how do you think a ping pong table in an office location or in a football locker room is prohibitive or is it good for chemistry? So we actually had a situation with the ping pong table happen with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers a few years ago. And I really thought that would be the one and only time I ever had to talk about a ping pong table in an NFL locker room. But obviously that is, Oh, how wrong you are. Um, you know, listen, uh, I, I read the, I read the article that JP wrote and, and I think it's kind of clever the way that he put it all together. It's, it's an interesting dynamic. Um, you know, I don't think ping pong. So first of all, a ping pong table in a locker room, I can say, honestly, as a coach, I wouldn't do it. You know what I mean? I wouldn't allow it. And you can call me whatever you want to call me. But we're there. We're already there to play a game for for a living, and I understand that people need to cut loose and relax. I'm all for it. Um, on the flip side of that, I would allow music to be played at least during certain portions of practices and, and stuff during training camp. But anyway, there's something to be said, and I'm going to take this in a direction that probably doesn't need to be taken in. But when you're a new head coach and you're taking over a team, or you're a new GM taking over a team, whatever, what have you. There are bound to be guys, especially when you have this many people, this many professionals who have been doing this for a long time and veterans and their leaders and all that stuff who like the way things were done before. And they want to keep those things going on because they like them, they're comfortable in them, and they don't necessarily see the process as part of the reason they haven't been successful because it's, it's pretty rare to bring in a new head coach for a successful franchise. Usually you're talking about sure. one that hasn't lived up to you know expectations or goals. And that's what we have here with Ron Rivera coming in, taking over the Washington football team as a team that has not, that was not living up to its expectations, living up to its aspirations. And then you have Ron Rivera coming in saying, listen, here's how I want to do things to make sure that we get to where we need to go. I don't know that Ron Rivera legitimately has an issue with the ping pong table being in the locker room. It could have been a means to an end. So I'm going to get rid of this ping pong table to some of the players love. I'm going to get rid of it. Why? Because I want to find out who is willing to get on the same page with me and my program and who is going to sit back and say, this isn't the way we do things in Washington. Because at the end of the day, it's not about the player's scheme and the player's mentality of how to run a, a team and a roster. It's about the coaches. And you want to work together as much as you can and got it. But at the end of the day, the one holding the, the ticket, the one answering all the questions is the head coach. So this is a really easy way to find out who's on the same page and who's not going to get with the program. And I'm not saying that Morgan Moses was like throwing a fit over the ping pong table and you know all this time later is like, well, you got rid of the ping pong table. But it kind of kicks off that relationship. And if I'm a leader and I come into an organization, I say, you know, I'm going to remove this from, from the equation. And I look around, who are my guys that fight me on that? And who are my guys that get with the program? 
Mm-hmm. I'm going to remember that. That's going to stand out. And then as we go along in our relationship, I'm not going to hold it against you and just be like, well, I don't like you automatically because of that one interaction, but I'm going to kind of keep a gauge on how you do things. And again, and I say that not having been a football coach, but having been someone who's taken over several other organizations during my career and had to do things and figure out who are my people I can rely on to institute a new, new, a new uh, culture and who are the ones that are going to fight to keep the old culture that was struggling, which is why I was brought here in the first place. Yeah, I think that's a really, really, really smart, intelligent analysis, uh, you know, point and and stuff that I didn't even, you know, quite honestly think about because I was just, ma- I was just kind of making fun of the ping pong table, and and, and I just found it prohibitive to guys, uh, you know, doing uh, the work that they had, um, you know, and ultimately, listen they didn't win the division last year because they got rid of the ping pong table. I don't think Nick Sundberg, who was a frequent ping pong player, Kerrigan and Moses weren't uh, as far as what I knew. Um, Certainly when we were allowed in there, uh, I I don't think it has anything to do with that, but JP's kind of like tongue in cheek and point. And and I think more importantly, your point of I'm developing a new culture here. I want to see who fights me on ridiculous things. I want to see who advocates and 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 joins me in my vision and how I want to see things work. So to me, I think that was uh, really a good point on on your end, like kind of a test to see who's going to war with me, essentially, uh, in a football context. So I think that's really uh, cool, and I'm glad you brought up that perspective. All right, that is going to do it for us right here on this edition of the Locked On Washington Football Team Podcast. Uh, We will get back to voicemails as soon as we can, guys, so keep them coming uh, at 301-615-3577. That's 301-615-3577, or you can email LockedWFTPod at gmail.com. That's LockedWFTPod at gmail.com. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. For David Harrison, I'm Chris Russell. Thanks for listening, as always, to the Locked On Washington football team podcast. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.